Hi, and welcome back to another episode of All Bases Covered, the podcast helping you navigate the beauty industry and cut through the bullshit. Hello. Hi. How you going? Good. This was supposed to be a product trial. Don't shame me. No, no, no. The number of times I have forgotten to try a product, we are going to do a sheet mask showdown, but Alex got confused because we're supposed to try a blush, but I couldn't try a blush because I had a big bruise on my cheek, so I couldn't use blush. And so she hasn't used one of the sheet masks, which doesn't make it a showdown. It makes it a sad single sheet mask review, which is no, <laughs> no bueno. The alliteration is great, but other than that, not good. <laughs> so we're going to do the assumptions, which we asked about on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Facebook? Facebook? Who are you? How old are What's you? What's that? Which we asked I about on know. MSN. And yeah, let's let's roll with them, shall we? We thought it would be fun to just like expose our innermost secrets. Not really, though, because you guys didn't really ask anything particularly juicy, which is a little bit sad. Yeah. The first one we got, I think, was like quite blunt and to the point, but the rest, yeah, nah. Should we start with the first one then? Yeah. So someone says that they assume that you grew up in wealthy families. I would say like we probably both grew up in what we would call middle class families. Would you agree? I would agree. I think I wealthy is so relative, but to me, wealthy is like sort of an excess of wealth. To me, yeah. wealth wealthy is like um, like generational wealth, and yeah. like you know, big mansion in Turak or like a Brighton home, and you know, you don't. No one yes. in that family is ever going to have to worry about not having money, money yeah. and you'll always, you know, inherit money, and everyone will be thriving. And that's definitely not my upbringing or yours. But in saying that. Yeah, I definitely grew up pretty privileged. And I think if you asked my sisters, interestingly, like how they grew up, they're 10 and 12 years older than me and their answer would probably be pretty different to mine. My dad's a small business owner and so he would have been like at the very start of his business when my sisters were little and it was like a little bit more, you know, different. But I, Mm -hmm. yeah, I had an incredibly privileged childhood on paper and I guess full stop. I travelled overseas a lot. I went to a public primary school, but I went to a private high school. I was never told, no, you can't go on that camp. No, you can't learn piano. No, you can't have a drum kit. No, you can't do tennis, swimming, all of that. Definitely very privileged. But then again, I grew up in like the outer east and like, yes, I had a pool and a tennis court, but houses were cheap then. And so it's like, yes, very privileged, but not in like, oh, I guess like a wealthy area or like setting. And like, if you moved my situation to like a school in Turak, I probably would have been the token poor kid. So it's like. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that I grew up in a very similar situation. My family's wealth grew. Um, I didn't have generational wealth, like you mentioned. And my dad also had his own business. So he got made redundant when I was in primary school. Yeah, right at the end of primary school. And that actually, we fell in some really hard times. Um, And we, we struggled for a number of years. And like, not just like, struggled in a wealthy way, like we actually did struggle. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, like, we had that blip on the radar, but, you know, from from then, like, my parents have worked extraordinarily hard to get us to the point where my family is at now. And I certainly was never given, like, you know, cash handouts. I worked from 16, like, that kind of thing. So I think, yes, we grew up in, like, middle-class environments, and I think middle-class is very broad, yeah. um, but we, we grew up comfortable enough that we weren't friggin' at soup kitchens and begging for food and, like, you know, we never really went without. Like, as children, we wouldn't probably have noticed had we not been switched on that we weren't the wealthiest, you know? Absolutely. I was, I was also thinking, like, it's weird because it's, 
not something I've ever thought about in terms of where comparatively wealthy I was to family and friends. But I think that also comes with being surrounded by everyone that is also very much of a similar demographic. Like there was a few token quite poor kids at my primary school and there was a few token quite rich kids at my high school. But other than that, never even really thought about it, which I think is a sign of privilege in itself. (laughs) Yeah, good. The second question is you would swap dogs if you could. It's an assumption. You would That's swap dogs. So interesting. Physically, I love toast. Like, I love a fluffy Aussie Shepherd. I love to cuddle fluffy dogs. I will definitely own a fluffy dog in my lifetime. And I reckon when they were younger, Watson was more psycho than toast. But Watson's actually mellowed out a lot more now. And I think that I'd rather own Watson than toast because toast is actually pretty high energy. Like, not, she's sort of smoochy, but she's like also a bit psycho. So I think I'm happy with Watto. Toast is smoochy but psycho. I love a fluffy, hairy dog. Yeah. Oh, it's really hard. Like, I would definitely not say no to Watson. I think that, like, we've both just built our own routines and our lives around these dogs that are very much suited to our lifestyles. And, like, it would be weird to swap them. But I love Watson and Watson loves me, if there's any question about that. So... I think that's also something, like, if we were to swap, Watson really loves you unconditionally, whereas I think Toast does love you more than she loves me, whereas Watson is very floozy with her love and, like, she loves Brenton and she loves all of my friends and family, but to me she's just like, feed me, run me, dedicate your life to me, Mm. thank you. No, she doesn't say thank you. (laughs) Someone says, you couldn't live without skincare. Well, the answer is no, I would be a stone. I would be bleeding. That's the thing, it's like, theoretically yes to some degree I could live without skincare but I genuinely think that I would have like infections and need medical care Mm. like I yeah I'm that dry I would absolutely have to be under the care of some sort of doctor to like fix my face which would result in some form of skincare yes I completely agree I could live without like yes in theory I could live without bougie skincare maybe if I wanted to but like I don't want to so uh, yeah, I, cu- I couldn't live without any skincare. I could live without bougie skincare. There's your answer. I like this next one. You were both sporty at school. I was not. <laughs> okay, so I laughed really hard at this because I was, like, thinking about it for me and then I was like, wait, someone assumed Alex is sporty. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know how to say I was sporty, but, like, comparative to Alex, yeah, probably <laughs> Dude, you were you are a sporty person. By nature, you're like built as an athletic person. Um, well, this is tricky though. So my mum's a PE teacher, my sister was a PE teacher. My parents met playing hockey. My sister plays like elite level hockey still. My other sister played hockey, and I was just pushed into hockey so hard that <sighs> I got to a point like grade six where I was like I really resented it. And so I sort of was like, I'm not partaking in like early any element of sport. But then, you know, if it came to swimming sports, I would never be the person that like pretended they had their period and couldn't swim. Yes, I'd get in the pool. When it came to like (laughs) out today, I'd be like, fine, I'll run 800 metres, even though I haven't. Like, it's not like I went for runs as a child. But I guess, yes, I was forced to be somewhat athletic because I have a very athletic family. Um, But I was definitely not like the sporty kid. But yeah, I wouldn't sit out across country. I was sort of middle of the road. Everything I, that you said yeah. that you didn't do at school, I <laughs> did at school. <laughs> yeah. 
I did sit out of cross country. In fact, I think out cross country, we had to run like through the school and then like out onto the street and like around blocks and stuff. And like, I found the shortcuts. Like I was like, I'm going to cut through this park and like, I'll walk it and I'll be back in time for the group. And I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I hated sport. I'm not a naturally talented sports person at all. I did play like sports growing up. I did like swimming and I can swim fine and like I played tennis and I'm like an, a relatively normal tennis player like I can do things but like when it came to contact sports absolutely not I, I'm not I'm not having a bar of that no thank you yeah when I think of the sporty kids at school it was Brenton's sister who's that freak that like can sprint so fast but she can also play netball but she can also piff a fucking discus kilometers but also <laughs> she's fine at high jump and it's like I'm sorry how can you be muscular enough to piff a discus in a shot put but light enough to flip yourself over a pole and then still fast enough to sprint yeah cool that's that's a sporty person i was not that yeah i wasn't that either she's that bitch the next person uh, uh, assumed that we were both popular in high school i had to ask jackie alexander this because i was like (laughs) uh you need to you know you need to like ask around because i don't think that you know like if you're oh i know Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, she said, yes, you're in the popular group. But I was Oh, like, that's how you think that you didn't fucking know. No, no, no. Here's what I'm about to say. She says I was in the popular group. But in saying that, half of my friends now from school, I have a lot of friends that weren't like in my group. Like Jackie was not in my group. Mm. One of my really good friends, Alison, was not in my group. I have more friends that weren't in my group than I do that were in my group. I was good friends with multiple people. I was really good friends with some of the like quirky people that only drew and spent their lunchtime in the art room and read books like really good friends with them as well so like I had a lot of friends from different groups which I think I guess makes you popular because I had a lot of friends I guess I never didn't get invited to a party and shit like that but I think Mm. I equally would have had a lot of people that really didn't like me which would have made me very unpopular Mm. because like I guess I had a lot of friends but if I don't know you it's not because I mean I am introverted. So if I don't know you, I won't bother to get to know you, which makes me come across as really bitchy. And I have a slight bitchy tendency. So like double whammy. So I think theoretically I was popular, but I would have been very unpopular at the same time, which I think would have evened me out to like neutral ground. Yeah, fair. I was not in the quote unquote popular group. I was also a fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So I definitely had a lot of enemies and uh, I only had like, we had a very, very, very small friendship group at school. Like I was, I only hung out with like five people in like my core friendship group and we like mingled with other friendship groups. Like we would get invited as like the token additional people to parties to make it look like there were more people. Cause we were a small group that was easy to invite places. Uh, but no, I would definitely not say that I was popular and I don't hang on to any resentment nor care for like a social status at high school. I think that it means absolutely nothing and you're better off just being a nice person. Yeah. Which you weren't either. <laughs> Which I was not, but for the people who I was nice to, still friends. That's the thing. I think I had, I did have really quite a diverse group of friends. And do you know why I think I had a diverse, diverse group of friends? Because I was that person that never got put with their friends because I was a horrible influence and would be loud and talk and destructive. So they deliberately mm-hmm. never put me with my friends in class, but jokes on them, always made friends in class. Yeah. 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 So you can't I was me. just a... I was just the annoying person that was like 
no one really likes me because I was loud and obnoxious and like probably a bit of a bitch, but like I would force my friendship on people. So I was like, well, I don't have any friends in this class. So now all five of you are my friend. <laughs> yeah. I think you did that to me, like at induction at Mecca. And I was like, I really don't like this chick. And you're like, I don't know anyone. I'm going to sit with you. And I was like, okay. That's <laughs> how I work. <laughs> That's like exactly my experience with Eliza as well. She was like, for so many years, like, please stop trying to be Your my sister. friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will weasel my way into friendships with anyone if I want to. That's so funny. I think that with the absolute reverse, I will put no effort in until one day I'm like, did we just become best friends? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question was from someone who said, Alex, you're a bitch in high school, and I think we've just answered that. Oh, Alex slash you were a bit of a bitch in high school. Yeah, I would have 100%. Yeah, 100%. I'm still a bitch now. <laughs> I just say <laughs> I just say what I think instead of other people holding it in. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's that's a main thing to do. I should learn to hold it in. 100% a bitch. We've already talked about how we... Yes, I, I, it's mean. And I, do you know what? I think that my mum probably made me a bitch because my mum's pretty harsh too. Like, do, do you make... Um, is, was your mum a bitch? Like, do, do we make yes. people like what they are? Yes, 100% we do. We're both products of our mothers. Okay. Mum, I blame you. I also blame my nan. Like, I've got generational bitchiness in my family. <laughs> Not generational wealth, but generational bitchiness. It's a more important thing to pass down. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You both had a popper and dunkaroos in your lunchboxes in primary school. My lunchbox in primary school was a white bread sandwich with Vegemite and fucking iceberg lettuce and oh. an apple and maybe some saladas with Vegemite if I was lucky. My mother did not conform to roll-ups or LCMs or, like, anything that came in a tiny packet. I was like, no, you've not met Michelle Peyton Ash if you think that I would have ever eaten a dunkaroo or a popper also popper so funny because you can tell what state that listener's from because we would call them a juice box wouldn't you yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so what alex just described that she didn't is what i had roll up (laughs) you were the Um, third child they gave up by you i was the first yes roll up lcm chip packet one token like mandarin a bit of fruit or apple or banana that would stay at the bottom of my lunch bag until uh my school bag until the end of term and I don't think I ever actually really had Dunkaroos, but I did have like the tiny teddy dippers. Oh, you know what I was allowed to have? The La Snack dippers. I did oh, have them. Yes, and I had the snack as well. But thinking mm. of that, definitely third child, because all of mine were 
name brand snacks, but my sisters absolutely would have had the um the knockoff snack. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Sure. Adrian Adrian was saying the other day about how like because he grew up in a big family that was not wealthy, one would say. And he was laughing the other day about how, like, one time his dad came home with a garbage bag full of, like, little snacks. And so they ate them in their lunchboxes for, like, two years. Like, this, because they never went out of date. <laughs> and they're like, check out these name brand snacks. <laughs> Is it going to get me street cat, street cat on the monkey bars? Yes, Adrian's like, I could swap these for a, for a roll-up. <laughs> it's like picante beef in prison on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know the reference, but yeah. Oh, oh do you moving on. It? I've seen some of it. I'm sorry. I'm sick of you never understanding any of my TV references. I'm Either sorry. I watch far too much or you don't watch enough. It's a combination of both. This is a good question. Which one? You oh. both never move out of Melbourne? Mm, I would 100% move out of Melbourne. Interesting. I don't think I would. God, I would barely move out of my suburb because all of my mm-hmm. family lives in more one suburb and I just think that that's like the most incredible thing that you can like raise kids around and stuff. I almost feel a bit trapped here because it's like how many people have both sets of in-laws within three kilometres of them in creds? Not many people. So yeah. no, I probably wouldn't move out of Melbourne per se. However, I would move down to like the peninsula or something, but I would probably not move out of Victoria. No, not permanently. That's for sure. I think not permanently yeah. as well. Like I think I could do a stint somewhere else for a little bit. Like if Adrian was like, oh, I'm, we're going to have to work in – Perth for two years or something I would be like sure and I think it would depend on the place for sure and like the yeah like where we ended up living but I am like Adrian and I have done extensive travel just the two of us and I think I would be happy enough to live with him like alone without any other people for a while I would I would be able to deal with that interesting I think I yeah I think I'd really struggle as previously mentioned I won't talk to people until I already know them which makes it very difficult to get to know people Yes. Uh, so I would, yeah. I would definitely Whereas, up my drinking by like six to seven hundred percent if I was to move anywhere. No, I've already like I would make friends with people. I already have friends at the supermarket, like who pe- people who work there. So like I would a hundred percent be totally fine. Yeah, you would be. No, I couldn't move. Then I nah, I just couldn't. I would just miss everyone in my life too much. I couldn't do it. Jackie Alexander just moved across the state, and I just. I'm so proud of her. States, she's doing so well. She's doing like, so well. She's thriving. Yeah. Uh, our next question is, you've both had scary customer service experiences working in retail. I don't think this is true for me. No? Not, not one? Not anything that I would classify as scary. We had one no. person have a, like a literal seizure out the front of the store, which is a bit oh, fucked. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Um, that was scary, but like that just happened to be outside a shop. It could have also not been working in retail. But I haven't had anyone mm. like yell at me or anything I've been followed on Chapel Street while shopping once and that was more mm. scary. Like like they followed me into a shop and then I like told the shop assistant like she didn't do anything and it was like really scary. But Oh, that's scary. Yeah, but no, not working. No, I, and I feel like a lot of people have probably been abused in retail and I've worked there for a really long time and to be honest. Because you're haven't... bitchier than the bitches that would abuse you. Well, yes. That was another assumption. Someone said Lisa is as mean as she's on the pod as she is at work. And then Alex shared that because she thought it was hilarious. And then a former colleague of mine messages and says, ha, 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 remember this? And it was like sort of very early days of the pandemic. <laughs> and just some dickhead. She was like, oh, my God, people just need to chill the fuck out. Like, it's not like anyone's dying. And then I, <laughs> and I just went, oh, but like, actually they are. 
<laughs> and then the whole shop went silent and no one said <laughs> anything. And then she left. <laughs> and so, yeah, I would say I am as mean as I am. 100%. I just, you, like, I think that's it. People didn't take advantage of me because I don't look like someone that you could take advantage of. And I think that the type of Karens that would attack a retail worker would pick the one that it's going to overwhelm and they're the people that yeah. are good at manipulating people and they wouldn't pick me to manipulate. Yeah. I have had a scary experience Tell working me. in customer service. I was working at the body shop when I was like uh, 18 or maybe 19 and it was on Bridge Road in Richmond and there was a person who had been standing out the front of the store for an extended period of time and he was kind of like druggy looking and yeah. I thought because out the front of our store was a tram stop that he was waiting for the right tram to come by. And then my colleague went out the back to do some stock work and he came in and held a needle to me and said, give me all of the money in the register or I have AIDS and I will stick this needle in you. And I was like, I'm already scared of needles and I don't need AIDS. So sure. (laughs) Um, That needle could be hygienic AF and I would still give you all the money. Literally. You in a perfectly professional manner and give me a flu jab and I would still give you all the money to avoid it. Um, so Quite did you literally. give him the money? How does that work? I did. So I was very sneaky and we had like a call button like under the desk for like calling the people who had gone out the back to do stock. So I like pressed the call button like inconspicuously whilst I was like fiddling with the till and he was getting You're really amazing. antsy made for this see I wouldn't I'm a I'm good under high pressure situations you're good yeah I then he was like it it was very difficult to actually get into the tool without a sale and I explained that to him I was like (laughs) I just need to get my manager to put in a code (laughs) no I was like he was like hurry up and I was like I actually can't go any faster because I need to put in quite a number of codes to make the tilt pop so you need to chill out would you like to purchase something and um also like we didn't keep a high float in our tills at all like I think we kept $300 cash in the till because we were on bridge road and like so people were like obviously that was a high risk environment to keep like wads of cash there so we used to like float it all the time because Mm. of these situations anyway um I I popped the tills and like just stepped back and then he took the cash from the tills and then my the person who was out the back literally like as he was grabbing money from the tills walked out and she looked at me and I was like (laughs) and then she was like and then he left legged it and then I went out the back and then I was like I think I need to poo (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely think I would have crapped myself because like you know needles are like my number one fear and you he was like holding it very close to me and it was like not a you know drug addicts they don't use the tiny needles that they use at the doctor's surgery to give you your flu jab they use like fuck off giant fucking needles like proper ones that's so manipulative and scary wow yeah i know how did he know that i had such a phobia anyway i think like that's why my phobia got worse like genuinely yeah definitely he didn't he didn't do you any favors that's for sure no, and I also definitely should have, if this ever happens to you, anyone who works in retail, the police officer said to me, you can claim psychology, like you can you can get all of the money back for any counselling that you need for this experience and you can also get victim's compensation for that kind of thing because it was classified as an armed robbery and I couldn't be bothered going through the process and I didn't do any of it and I definitely should have got psychology after that. <laughs> yeah, no wonder you're such a bitch. <laughs> yeah, all because of that. <laughs> it's that knee needle stick injury. 
That's so scary. I actually had a friend who I think he used to work at BWS and then potentially mm. at like another bottle shop. But I think bottle shops obvious because obviously mm. they're open late and not manned by many people. He'd been held up I think three times in like oh, two years. Oh my god, that's so scary. Yeah, he also worked at like in like Upway and then Ferntree Valley or something. So it was like oh, that was going to happen. The area near a train line, like not ideal, but like so fucked. Uh, two mm. left. Uh, you tell your partners most of the items in your Mecca orders are samples. I do. I don't. <laughs> the same. And I think that's hilarious. But I'm also, um, I'm very, very truthful about money and what I spend things on. And I would never conceal anything. I think I would feel really guilty if I did that. Not to judge you. Like, I get it. I totally get it. But um, no, never. I say to Brenton, okay, I'm going to buy a really expensive handbag and this is that's the case and I just I can't I can't I can't hide shit like that I can't Adrian and I have a quote-unquote rule it's a rule I'm doing air quotes as yeah. I say that it's a rule uh that we disclose when it's like you can spend up to a hundred dollars and like don't you don't have to like consult with the other person about it. but if it's over a hundred dollars it's like hey I'm gonna buy this is that cool and it's like oh is that a good idea? And like, you're allowed to like question the other person's purchase if, if you need to. Um, I just don't ever tell him when I'm spending over a hundred dollars. I was going to say like nothing's under a hundred dollars. No, nothing. So anyway, uh, no, I don't tell him that they're samples. Sometimes I just like orders come in and I'm just unbox them and put the box in the recycling bin and I don't mention it. It's not like, I'm like, look at what I got. Uh, That's so funny. I have this weird, it's like, not like a guilt, but I like, I feel like I have to confess. So me and Brenton both, make a lot of like high ticket items where we, we don't you do yeah i don't know how you guys both buy so many items. <laughs> he bought he bought home a bike the other day and you bought home a celine handbag like what the fuck yeah and <laughs> no judgment why, i love it and this is why i won't be able to raise my kids like my dad raised me because i love myself too much and he has only <laughs> shopped at kmart bless him so <laughs> yeah but then we have to like brenton's like well i bought a card today a basketball card and I'm like oh cool and he's like yeah it was like seventy thousand dollars and I'm like oh okay but like because we both sort of do it we don't judge each other at all but we sort of we can't like keep it a secret because then we'd feel guilty about it for me the issue would be that I Adrian would be like I just spent a thousand dollars on a new headset for my gaming computer and I would be like sick that gives me license to spend a thousand dollars on something and yeah, that's, that's and then we, we would and then but then Adrian and I would become bankrupt that's the issue that's why we have the unspoken rule of telling of disclosing large ticket items with each other. Yeah, no, fair, so fair. It's like I don't feel bad because I'm spending my money, but if I'm ever not working and Brenton is like the sole breadwinner, then I'm going to not be able to live my life like that. And that is miserable, and that is why I don't want to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, really important question. You both think potato smiles from McCain are overrated and kind of gross slash soggy. I would never buy a potato smile. It's probably one of my least favorite fried potato versions. Uh, and I would say, yes, they are overrated is the answer to that question. I wouldn't call them overrated, but I would say they're kind of gross slash soggy. If I saw them <laughs> at a party, I'd get freaking excited because it's like... Oh, would you? Well, because I, I wouldn't say mm. I've eaten one since I was like 12. Mm. And so I'd have mad nostalgia and I'd dip it in a bunch of tomato sauce and have like a really fun time. Mm. But I agree pretty low on the frozen potato hierarchy i would pick a potato gem over a potato smile any day oh i would pick a potato gem over a lot of things i'd probably pick a potato gem over most um chips but anyway that's a whole other story 
Wow. Okay. Fre- well, what fre- a great. Freezer chips aren't that good, right? Mm, depends how you cook them. Oh, okay. Well, that's a whole other mini app, potato mini app. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Thanks for all of your assuming. I hope that we made an ass out of you and me. I was hoping that was where you were going. Loved it. Seamless. Beautiful. I went there. Never heard it before. <laughs> uh, if you've got other juicy things that you want to ask us and you want us to answer them as an assumption, maybe like on next week's mini episode, we can chuck one at the start or like two at the start if a really good juicy one comes through. Yeah, nothing's off limits, baby. We are open books to our own detriment. Sometimes I, I listen back to things that I've said on the podcast and I'm like, I forget how many people listen to me having these stupid thoughts, but sure. Yeah, I forget how many people know intimate details about my anus, but that's... Oh, so many. Thanks for listening to this episode, everyone. Let's we'll talk to you on Monday. Bye. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.